Mike Rograte for growers and consumers. I'm your radio host, Lisa Welsh from Vitality Farms Company. I hope you guys are having a great day. Um, I just wanted to sit here and talk to you for a minute about microgreens. But why are they so nutritious? Like we all know, we've heard of the Maryland study, four to 40 times more nutritious than their adult counterparts. But why? Why? What is it that makes them special? Um, well, I did a little bit of digging. I mean, it's not to say I like came up with anything new because basically I found a bunch of research and just put it all together to figure out what I think might be part of the reason. And if you're a grower, might be something you want to know so you can share it with your your customers. And if you're a customer, well, it's something you should know. So microgreens contain higher amounts of photonutrients and minerals and lower nitrates than their mature counterparts. And the vitamin content can be many times that of the mature plant, which is kind of what we talked about. So the metabolic changes that take place during germination increase the bioavailability of essential nutrients in microgreens compared to the mature plant. And so basically most of this information I got you guys, I got off of ResearchGate, which um, if you do look at some of the studies that are out there, there's a ton of them um, about different things. As a matter of fact, I was looking at some specifically because they have, um, there are some that specialize in just like cancer prevention and, and different ailments. And of course, then you got your broccoli, which we all hopefully know about. Um, but anyhow, there's a lot of studies out there that don't necessarily give you the nutritional content of each microgreen, but if you're looking for something specific, um, or as it pertains to an ailment, there is a lot of information out there. So, okay. So seed germination is not the very beginning of plant generations. It's the awakening from the dormant phase when development was arrested. So basically, development stopped when the seed coat cut off the water supply from the parent plant. It restarts when water soaks through the seed coat and reaches the embryo. So think about that. So our seeds were alive. They died, basically, or went to sleep because they had no water. What we do when we germinate them is we get them wet. We get them wet so that the water can soak through the seed coat, reach the embryo, and thus it starts to regrow. So the rapidly developing cell bodies that contain chlorophyll also begin to photosynthesize at that same time. Um, the other thing I learned was that during germination, from the moment the seed breaks dormancy, various plant compounds are formed. Polyphenols are synthesized and they act to protect the plant against environmental factors and it provides structure for growth. Of course, antioxidants also play an important role in the cell dormancy, breakage, and germination. Antioxidants synthesized during germination are essential to the protection of a new seedling by inhibiting the damage of a cell membrane. Micronutrients like minerals are integral to cellular function in plants, such as active enzymes and stabilization proteins. So antioxidants are classes of compounds that can safely interact with free radicals and See, it sounds like it's going to be a chemistry class or a biology experiment, doesn't it? But it's not. I'm literally trying to glean over about 15 different studies um, quickly and concisely to try to get you basically just the abstracts about each article. Um, 
So the major classes of these compounds include vitamins C and E. Uh, God, keratin, keratinoids. I cannot even think of that word. And polyphenols. Um, antioxidants act in living cells. So basically, what they do is they prevent, they protect the plant from environmental stresses, and modulate plant growth. The concentrations of the antioxidants: beta carotene, azorbic acid. Um, and phenolic acid increase along with the length of germination into the plateau where the true leaf has emerged. About day 21. Azorbic acid, vitamin C, is also important in plant growth. It's also important in our growth. Um, during germination, the respiratory process is triggered by azorbic acid. Um, so I just find it kind of fascinating. If you think about just, I plant a seed and it grows, it sounds, you know, cool whatever but if you think about the fact that you have to go wake and waken an embryo and bring it to life and all these cool things are going on in this plant it makes you appreciate it a whole lot more at least i hope it does um so as you know well i don't know if you know but brightly colored fruits and vegetables usually have a high nutritional content and the colors derive from plant compounds involved in growth and development so flavonoids are a type of polyphenol that act to defend the plant from ultraviolet radiation and pathogens. Now that sounded a little bit too sciencey for me. Let's see. Um, yeah, I got nothing that makes it sound less sciencey for you. The other thing is sulfane is an I think a, sulfane yeah is an isocanic that has been the subject of much scientific scientific information. Sorry. Apparently, as always, something's got a ding. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. So its potential role is in cancer prevention. As we know, broccoli is considered probably the number two most, or at least in my head, it's considered number two the most nutritious microgreen, and it's because of what it can do with cancer, um, or what we suspect it can do. I guess that's really the, the real way I guess you'd say that because I don't know about you and while I do believe it to be true I do believe that we can eat our way to a healthier lifestyle I do not think that anybody really knows what specifically that what causes this or what causes that and I don't think um, you can say you can say you chose a decrease or whatever but I personally just feel like there's so much unknown that you shouldn't say it because as far as I'm concerned almost everything you can do causes cancer I ain't heard of something that they haven't tested at some point that does cause cancer if you do it enough so the other let's see here so as we were talking about oh yeah we were talking about sulfane um, research into the Brassica family found that many species of the Brassica family which is so many um, are higher in sulfane in particular the broccoli kale and cabbage contain 10 to 100 times more sulfane than their mature plants so let me just say like this if you fear you may have cancer or if you think maybe it runs in your family then you should be eating microgreens if you're a grower and you know somebody who could benefit from them in fact we have a we're working on a partnership with um cancer patients and guess what we need charging for them because honestly if we can save a life i wouldn't want to why wouldn't i it's some crop we could help each other out so anyhow 
Again, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I absolutely guarantee you, you'll never get cancer if you do this. But I absolutely guarantee you that research says that you'll have a better chance of not catching cancer. So, I'm really just going to go ahead and follow that. That's the same logic as I would take a vitamin. Um, plants require essential nutrients and minerals in the life cycle, right? Like, so as a plant grows, it needs nutrients. So, calcium is has a pretty pivotal role in plant growth. Um... Magnesium has an, has an essential role in photosynthesis. Nitrogen is important for internal regulation and the development of chemical compounds integral to the plant life cycle. Um, phosphorus is needed in the cell me metabolism, such as embryo development, germination, and seedling growth. Um, so it's just fascinating. So there can be also a wide variation in the vitamin content and micro and macro elements depending on the growing conditions so what does that mean like okay so we're we're learning that they're healthier they're more nutritious but what does that mean so research recently demonstrated that broccoli shoots grown in compost using organic methods had a higher concentration of several e essential minerals than the shoots grown hydroponically with or without fertilizer. The seeds contain enough nutrients for plant growth to the shoot stage, which makes fertilizer use redundant. For customers, storing microgreens at the correct temperature, about 4 degrees Celsius, is important to maintain optimal, optimal nutrition and shelf life. So if you're a grower, do you know that you need to uh, be dealing with this at 4 degrees or did you not know that? Celsius, anyway. Because if you didn't know that, that might help you out with doing some different things to make your crop more valuable to your customers. Because that helps them. And we're all about helping each other. So, the next thing is... But what can we do with it? Like, let's think big. Like, let's dream big. What can we do with this knowledge, with this product? Like, what, what can we do to shape something different? Well, what we could do is what I want to do. And I hope all of you guys are with me. And geez, Louise, my stuff just keeps on dinging because it's the middle of the day. And that's why. And I've got a bunch going on with the launch of those grow kits. I'm getting orders back to back. It's kind of, uh, it's great. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Please, if you want to buy a cool new grow kit, a faith grow kit, come to my website and do that. But if, um, but it's just been a lot more orders to fill, which is awesome. Hopefully we can eventually expand into more. But anyhow, while we were talking about microgreens, where could we go with them? I mean, like, as a whole, like, what could we do? The potential for the expansion to reduce the environmental footprint on industrial agriculture is huge. Like, think about it. For example, industrial broccoli farming takes 100 to 150 days. In a temperature climate like Central California, because you know Central California grows everything, it uses 2.4 to 3.7 million liters of water annually. And guess what? Growing broccoli shoots takes 7 to 9 days and use 158 to 236 times less water. Hmm. So realistically, home-based production of microgreens could help reduce agricultural impact by reducing water water use, fertilizers, pesticides.
pesticides, fossil fuels, and all the lakes. So, if you don't grow microgreens yet, and you've never tried it, because let me guess, I have a black thumb. I kill everything I grow. I'm so tired of hearing that. You need to try it. You need to grow something. And broccoli, broccoli's where it's at. I think broccoli and sunflower, those are my two highest recommendations, always. But you really need to try to start growing things because the impact, I mean, I'm in Florida. And let me just tell you what, when I walk into my local Publix, which is the grocery store chain here, I'm saddened by how many people are eating all this stuff that comes from California. Did you know that Florida has oranges? We do. But did you know that most grocery stores carry California oranges anyway? What? Why do I want to eat California's oranges when I live in Florida? Aren't we supposed to be the citrus state? Sometimes, sometimes not. So it's interesting to learn more. But honestly, if we could do this in the United States, forget the United States. If we could do this in the world, go to underdeveloped countries, teach them that with just these seeds, they could grow some of their vegetables and have such nutrients in it maybe we could make a difference maybe what god has given us all along which would be um these wonderful vegetables we'd be better off so anyhow i hope you guys have a good day and i'll talk to you later bye